thing I have to figure out right now is how to how to keep this team to understand what's causing them to lose. You know, until I can figure out a way to get it through them. You know, we got a one-yard run and we get a, a block in the back and now it's first and twenty. You know, things like that that uh, that the good teams don't do. Hey, Vikings fans! This is Chris Corso here with the Vikings.com post-game report. And it is a 31-30 to loss for your Minnesota Vikings. And I welcome in Ben Lieber and Gabe Henderson from U.S. Bank Stadium. And I will start out with you, Ben. At least we had some entertainment in this one compared to the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, I really wish that we would have had fans in the crowd to provide the extra excitement and the reactions because you've got young Justin Jefferson going off. The crowd and everybody, all the football fans have been asking for more Dalvin Cook to this offense. That goes off, and he has a great game. And and Kirk looked decisive. You know, he was dealing that ball around, and the offense looked like what we were hoping to see uh, right out of the gate in game one. And, well, you, got, you get Harrison on the interception. I mean, there are a lot of good, positive things that happened, and I just – you know, I just wish the crowd was behind us to kind of provide that extra momentum, but we just didn't have it. The Vikings welcomed 250 staff members and family to the stadium to kind of get U.S. Bank Stadium ready for potentially and hopefully fans next week. But Gabe, what I want to start with is the last and final drive for the Minnesota Vikings. Things went wrong for the Vikings offense there. It, it went. It didn't go great. The first drive was probably the best play of that drive when the Vikings – uh, we're on the, the good end of a hands to the face. First, first and 10 from the 40-yard line, one minute, 40 seconds left to play. You, you're in perfect position to actually, you know, make a statement, and the, the Vikings just couldn't do that. You know, the this, this second play, just <laughs> from, from that first play, everything just went downhill. Ben, what happened with Garrett Bradbury on that snap that just, it looked like it went to the right of Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings were lucky to recover it, but it almost kind of ruined the drive as a whole. You know, I I never saw a replay of what happened. Um, you know, when I just first looked at it live, it just you know looks like one of those fluky things where the play before he gets he gets bench pressed and walked back into the quarterback, and and then he goes to snap the ball again in a hurry up situation with a lot of uh, pressure packed and uh, a game winning drive scenario, and it looked like he just botched the snap, and you know that that series of events looked like football follies. It, it, just, it looked like there's no way that you can craft this thing and actually be realistic. I mean, this is like something that you put together with some sort of Hollywood script to make it look sort of funny and unprepared and, um, and out of their league. And that's, I think that's the most disheartening thing about this whole game is, man, they were, I think, the better team throughout. Uh, our yep. defense stepped up, forced, forced six field goal opportunities, they bowed up when they had to, and the offense was putting points and yards up on the screen. And then you get down to the most critical moment, and <laughs> they just fall apart. And you're just kind of yeah. left very empty, empty-handed, empty and you feel very empty inside. Speaking of a Hollywood script, the kicker for the Titans, former New England Patriot Steven Guskowski, misses five kicks in his first two games and makes six for six, including a 55-yarder for the 31-30 to lead. Let's hear what voice of the Vikings Paul Allen had to say about that. He has hit from 54 and 51 today, and this will be a 55-yard try right hash. Bo Brinkley snaps, Brett Kern holds, snap spot, Goskowski's kick is good for the first time 
in the career of one of the best kickers in the history of the NFL. He has made six field goals. Gabe, I mean, this kicker just drills six kicks in six attempts after after what was a tough first couple weeks for him. But he's had three game-winning kicks in a row. Yeah, and it, when he made those field goals, it kind of took the, the life out of the stadium. Of course, there were, granted, no fans here, which – you know, it doesn't really make sense when you say take the air out of the stadium. But it, it, you just felt like, you know, hey, man, like we can't catch a break. You know, the Vikings couldn't execute on the drive before. And then um, Goskowski makes another 50, 50-yard field goal, three 50-yard field goals today, 51, 54, and 55. And, you know, after that third one, it was just like, all right, well, we know we don't have any timeouts. And we, we know we got to, you know, win the ball game here. But – you could just feel that kick when when he when he made that fifty five yarder. You could just feel it, and I mean, if you're the Tennessee Titans, you're you're happy. But if you're the Minnesota Vikings, I mean, as a defense, you're saying, hey, you know, we we got to stop here. We forced them to to make a fifty five yard field goal. We bend it, but we didn't break, and it just puts the pressure back on on, on Kirk Cousins and the offense. In which Ben basically said that that last drive just it looked like it, it surely looked like a version of football follies and. <laughs> you, you really can't draw up anything better than that. I mean, first and 10 from your 40-yard line after roughing the passer penalty, like it, it just didn't, just, just wasn't enough today. The Vikings fall to 0-3 for the first time since 2013. They start a season out like that. That was the year before Zimmer was hired. I'm done with the negatives, Ben. Let's talk about the star that was born in Justin Jefferson. What a game for the Vikings rookie. Yeah, it was phenomenal. You know, we talked about how this offense has to build up some sort of diversity and just get away from always throwing to Adam Thielen in critical situations, uh, some some predictable runs and, and bootleg concepts that just kind of got gobbled up by the defenses. And we're like, hey, we've got two tight ends. You know, we, we have this Justin Jefferson. We have other, other receivers in B.C. Johnson. And we've got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Like, there are weapons on this offense, and let's see them. And thankfully, it only took uh, game three before we saw the first rounder go out there and execute and play fast. And, and you could tell Kirk has a lot of confidence in him. And I don't know what happened in the course of this last week, but they obviously had a good week of practice understanding what coverages they're going to see, what routes they're going to run off of those things. And he was throwing the ball sometimes before he was even out of his break. So he, he's already developed quite the trust with him. And it's only going to further blossom, which, you know, for opposing defenses, now you really have to think about who you get in double coverage. You know, I, I imagine this next game against Houston, they're going to have to really sit down and think about, okay, it's, it's third down, third and six. Who are they going to go to? Who are we going to double? And now you have faith that you can go to the other side of the field and find that one-on-one matchup. He had over 100 receiving yards in the first half, the first time a Vikings rookie wide receiver has done so since Randy Moss on Thanksgiving Day against Mike Zimmer's Cowboys game. <laughs> you get that big, that deep 71-yard touchdown, and then you get the, the gritty from the four-yard line into the end zone, which as a rookie, that energy, you, when you bring in new guys, you need that energy. And Justin Jefferson, he's brought the energy in training camp, and he brought it again today. We saw Adam Thielen doing the gritty after his touchdown dance um, early in the game. And it's just it's just a trickle effect in the locker room. You can tell Justin Jefferson, he's going to be special. And he, he makes a, a huge impact in this locker room. And I'm excited to see what this guy can do. I think I think we found somebody that can make a, make a deep play down the field um, other than Adam Thielen. And I'm so excited about, about his future. The, the, the guy, like, he, he's good. And all week we were talking about, hey, what are the keys to victory? 
One was stopping the run. Two was finding somebody to throw the ball to other than Adam Thielen. And, I, and we found that. They both had touchdowns today, but Justin Jefferson, he, he was a force to be reckoned with. That's for sure, a force to be reckoned with. And speaking of forces to be reckoned with, what about Dalvin Cook? 181 yards on the ground, a long 40-plus yard touchdown, Ben. I mean, a career day for the Vikings' fourth-year running back. Yeah, and, you know, I think it really speaks to the fact that Early in the game, he puts the ball on the ground, you know, kind of a weird fluky thing where he falls on top of C.J. Ham, And, mm. you know, he just wasn't thinking about any defenders around him. So he wasn't, you know, really squeezing that ball to his chest. And he's fallen to the ground. And it looked like C.J.'s shoulder and helmet sort of just like poked that ball out. And then he bounces right back. He's like, all right, I put the ball on the ground. Unfortunate, but it's not going to stop me from running. And he just took off after that. And it was, it was a great mix of some downhill uh, run game where they really got vertical. And he was able to make some moves inside the hole. And then they really unveiled this, this, this counterplay where they get the linemen, the pulling backside linemen out in front of the tight end or the fullback that's the lead block. And it seemed to be the difference. You know, they found that one wrinkle. And they're like, all right, we're going to soften <laughs> you guys up with some downhill stuff. And then we're also going to bring these linemen and this fullback at you on a counteraction. And it was very successful. And, um, you know, that's the thing. Going into this game, they should not have been scared of, to face this Titans defense. You know, this Titans defense, you know, they were 29th in the league when it comes to yards per carry given up by running backs at 5.1. And and so they have a lot of big names, and you look at the piece of paper and you're like, wow, that, this defense is stacked. But they had not been very productive. So I, I loved the fact that we attacked that defense, and that defense basically showed who, who they were. You know, they're, they're a porous run defense. Huge game for Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. The Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins, has three touchdowns but two interceptions, 16 for 27. Gabe, what did you see from Kirk in this game that differed from the first two games this season? I thought Kirk played with the bounce in his step today. Um, the, the entire first half, like, he, he, like he, was in, he was in rhythm. He was, you know, checking plays at the line of scrimmage. There was a play where you can tell it was supposed to have been a run, and then he checked out of it in the first half and threw a quick screenplay, a quick key or a quick, yeah, quick screen pass to Adam Thielen. And, and that resulted in a seven yard game. Like that's first and 10. Now you're, now you're second and three. And in the first half, the Vikings did a really good job of not getting uh, in negative situations. So first and 10, they, they tried, there was a lot of third and shorts this game and Kirk Cousins, he, he did a really good job of game managing coming at, coming out of the second half that, you know, that first interception right there, that, that really hurt because that was a, a what a 14, 10, 14 point swing right there. I mean, the t- Titans got the ball and basically marched it in. And it, now, now you're playing, you know, keep away ball. You, you're up by five and you're trying not to let the Titans, you know, gain any momentum. And Kirk, he just, I feel like in the second half, he just wasn't himself, the same person that he was in the first half. And granted, when you have a guy like Dalvin Cook, eight, 8.2 yards per carry uh, this game, that, that helps, right? So Kirk was able to, to do, you know, he was able to be effective in play action passing and being able to set his feet and throw the ball down the field, the 71 yard touchdown. Um, he extended the play on the Adam Thielen touchdown, like the Cal Rudolph touchdown, the timing right there. The, the ball was out of Kirk Cousins' hands um, before Cal Rudolph got out of his route. So as soon as Cal Rudolph turned around, the ball was in the air and he just had to pull it out of the air and get two feet in. So Kirk, the timing, the rhythm was there. It was just in that late game situation, uh, that last drive of the game. Um, it, it he, he just didn't play his best ball there. Offense, offense, offense in this game. We've covered it all, but I'm going to ask the linebacker on the phone here what 
he saw from the Vikings' defense in this game? Let's start with the defensive front. I thought the defensive line, for the most part, got more penetration in the run game. They did not get pushed back nearly as much and as consistently as they have in the first two weeks. Uh, in the passing situations, uh, they were able to get some sort of rush and, uh, and beat their guys one-on-one and really attack the edges of the offensive alignment and get around Tannehill and make him rush some throws. I thought the, the game plan itself was great. They brought some pressure, and that, that's going to uh, ask your, your secondary and your young secondary to step up. You know, the ball's supposed to come out quick, and a lot of times you're out on an island in those pressure situations and blitz situations, and everything seemed to be working for the most part. The linebackers, they put their feet at about three and a half yards. That, that allowed them to get downhill much quicker in the run game and take those double teams off the defensive linemen. So that all worked. But in doing that, you leave yourself open for play-action pass, and that's where we got hurt over the middle of the field. So it's like you, you do enough to stop the run game, and by alignment, you're going to take that away. And now you're going to force Tannehill to beat you. And that's kind of what happened, you know. And, and you do have to pick your poison with a lot of teams. Do you want the run game to kill you or do you want the pass game to kill you? And, and we said we're not going to let Derrick Henry run all over this team. And for the most part, he really didn't. He grinded out his yardage and he didn't have any, you know, huge home run hitters. So you mm-hmm. feel like that's a little bit of a win when it comes to the run defense. But then – Tannehill beat you. You know, he got Johnny Smith over the middle a couple times. There's this coverage breakdown on the back end in which there was a long pass on Gladney, but it sounds like that was more of a safety issue, not, not providing any help over the top and in the middle of the defense. So there were still some mental breakdowns that happened, and that is going to happen in the course of the game. It's just Titans took advantage of those, uh, those opportunities, and, you know, they just had they, – they did just enough to win. We were talking off camera. Gladney played a hell of a game today. Yeah, I think he did. You know, I, I pointed him out early. I, I made sure to watch him specifically, even if even if the ball wasn't going towards him. And there's something about his movements that make me feel like he's very comfortable already in just week three. Um, his footwork is great. You know, he's he's not he's not backpedaling when he doesn't, when he doesn't need to backpedal. He's standing his ground. He's being decisive in his movements. He's he's applying uh, run support on the outside when he needs to. He's playing physical football on the outside. And, and, yeah, I, I think that the, the potential for him to be a star in this defense is growing and growing, and we're only in week three. The Texans, the Seahawks, and then the Falcons till the, till the Vikings are off with that bye week. Ben, what do they have to do in these next three games to get back on track? You know, just take your licks and continue to, to develop and continue to improve. You know, I was disappointed with that loss last week to Indianapolis because I didn't see much of improvement. I saw regression in their overall game. And then all of a sudden now they come firing back in week three, and it's like, man, they took one step back last week, but they took two steps forward this week. And, and that's why, again, I kind of led this thing off with this being a gut punch because there were so many good things that were going on. I, if, if they can just fix the mistakes, obviously, right, that's, that's every week. But if they, can, if they can build off these little wins, you know, this idea that the offense is starting to click, the timing is starting to get there, get there, the trust and the confidence is starting to get there in the passing game. Yes, there are some issues, I think, with just having an anchor and having uh, some strength on the offensive line when it comes to pass protecting. That might be something that they just have to overcome. They might just have to get creative when it comes to pass protection because, you know, by and large, our guys aren't just going to put on weight all of a sudden and they're not just going to get, you know, markedly stronger in the course of the season. So that's going to be an issue they're going to have to work around. Defense, I mean, we even saw guys like DJ Wanham out there playing with his hair on fire. Now, did he, did he have a very productive game, you know, numbers-wise? No, but it was nice to see him get on the field 
and run around. You know, you, you saw some athleticism out of him. You saw some fire out of him. And, and again, getting him involved in a rotation of guys and keeping those guys fresh, you know, probably was the difference from the last two weeks to this week of actually getting some pressure from our front four. So those little things are starting to get better and better. And the fact that Anthony Barr was out of the lineup and you really didn't feel like it was a big drop-off, that's a positive. And again, we've talked about Gladney. We've talked about Holton Hill's ability, you know, at the end of the game to possibly seal the whole thing off. It is. It, again, it is could, shoulda, woulda. And, and we did fall short, but we are going in the right direction. Going in the right direction, but the end result is 0-3 for the Vikings to start out the season. 0-3 for Gabe on the Vikings post-game report. <laughs> I don't know, Ben. I think I, we might have to do something with Gabe on this show. But Yeah, this is my last week. This is my last week. <laughs> we, we, might need, we might need to sacrifice a chicken or something. I, I, don't think a bucket, I don't think a bucket of fried chicken was going to work, you know, like it did in Major League. I think we actually need a real chicken. We need some real animals. We need to fix something here with Gabe. <laughs> The postgame sound is in. Let's get right into it. We still have Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson here. Cy Amundsen joins the show. And we will start, as always, with the Vikings head coach, Mike Zimmer. The thing I have to figure out right now is how to, how to keep this team to understand what's causing them to lose. And, uh, you know, the, we come out at the end of the, end of the uh, start of the second half. We throw an interception. They kick a field goal. You know, we give up a big play on defense. Um, you know, the... The last uh, possession, when you got a chance to go down and win the game with a field goal, is is a complete disaster. So, um, you know, those are the things that are causing us to causing us to lose. And uh, you know, until I can figure out a way to get it through there, you know, we got a one yard run and we get a, a block in the back, and now it's first and twenty. You know, things like that that uh, that the good teams don't do. You heard it there from the head coach, Gabe. And what do the Vikings need to do to become a good team again and move forward? Like you said, just not beating yourselves. This is a game where there's so many positives that you can take away. But from week one and week two, we, we knew what the Vikings did wrong. We knew that they weren't on the field as much. We knew that they couldn't run the ball as effective as they should have. Today, you get 28 and a half minutes of offense, of time of possession, and then you make big plays. But like, like Mike Zimmer said, the start of the start of the second half. There's a ten point spread right there. You can go down to score seven, but instead you you throw an interception, turns it into three points. So the the Vikings just have to stop beating themselves. Like today, you can watch the film and say, okay, this is where we can get better at because we did a great job of it already. You you make you take like Ben Lieber said earlier. We took a step back to make two steps forward today. So you can keep building on that and try not to regress. One thing to build on for the Vikings was the performance of first-round pick Justin Jefferson, who pretty much showed his talents on film for the first time today. Let's hear what Jefferson had to say after 175 yards and his first NFL career touchdown. You know, just being able to go out there and make those big plays for the team, uh, putting points on the board and uh, setting this team up for success. Um, that's all that really matters. And, um, yeah, it, it, it boosts my confidence a lot uh, to coming out here, having a game like that on a higher level. Um, I mean, it's just more to come. Uh, and, you know, we just got to keep working. Jefferson thinks the future is bright for the Vikings side. What do they need to do to take this offense to the next level? I think – First and foremost, as a Viking fan, I don't want to say it's a sigh of relief, but maybe it's a sigh of excitement. Because 
this is a fan base that drafted Laquan Treadwell high and drafted Cordero Patterson high. And so I think when you take a pick high and, and Diggs was traded and everything, I think there was a lot of anxiety and hope for Jefferson and for him to come out today and perform like this after it was very clear that he and the other weapons were absent in the first two weeks, I think is a really positive sign. I mean, a first Viking to have a hundred yards in the first half since Randy Moss as a rookie, you know, this there's again, tough loss, a lot of negatives here, but this is one of the big positives to build off of this guy looked like a stud today. He's the youngest player on the team. So uh, I'm walking forward just hoping that they keep targeting him until the other team stop, you know, step up and have to game plan against it. It was it was really nice to see him get off today. The guy throwing the ball to Jefferson was obviously Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. 30 points for the Vikings offense in this game. Let's hear what Cousins' reaction was to the loss. I think we we ran the ball you know, well and consistently. I think uh, we did a better job with time of possession. Um, I think we had some explosive plays. And, um, you know, there were a, a few things we can build on, certainly. So anytime you, you know, almost have 500 yards of offense and score uh, 30 points, you're, you're doing something correct. A consistent theme here for the Vikings in their postgame press conferences, Gabe. They keep talking about building blocks. How does the Vikings offense move forward from here? keep building from here. We all know Kubiak wants to be balanced. 238 passing yards today, 226 yards rushing. Dalvin Cook, 8.2 yards per carry. Like that, you're, you're not supposed to lose many games when you, when you do, when you have stats like that. But the Vikings know, okay, we can put these numbers up. We have the talent in this room to get things done. And that's, that's where you go from here. You build on that and say, hey, the talent is here. Look everybody in their eyes hey, we're down a couple of players. Like, we don't have, you know, our O-line that we had in the beginning of the season. We don't have, you know, the same guys that we started the season out with. But at the same time, we just put up all these yards on offense today with the guys we have in this room. The only thing we can do is get better from here, and I think the Vikings offense needs to build from here. And I think Kirk needs to, you know, have a game where he doesn't throw an interception. I, I think that's – and Kirk here would probably tell you the same thing. You know, one interception against Green Bay, three last week – um, to today, um, I, I feel like if Kirk, you know, had, plays a clean game with these stats, the Vikings, they're going to be a, a tough team to beat. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at too, Gabe, because the thing I harped on the last two weeks on all our podcasts was I didn't think those first two games were representative of who we were going to – they were just such outliers in terms of pace and circumstance. Today felt like more of a glimpse – of the reality of this Vikings offense. You know, a lot of yards on the ground, an opportunity to get the ball going down the field and play action. And and then it was just a couple of big mistakes. Zimmer said it in his presser. You know, Kirk alluded to it. If this – if you don't throw that bad pick there, you know, if you execute on a – there was a possession where the Titans marched down the field and we came right out and went three and out. I think there's just a couple of those larger execution mistakes – that need to be remedied. So this, this is the, the version of the Vikings offense, obviously, that we hope to build on. Some positives for the Vikings offense. The Vikings defense gives up 31 points in this game. Let's hear from the leader of the defense, linebacker Eric Kendricks. I felt like we were into it. You know, obviously, they made, they made a couple uh, pass plays, but, uh, I mean, yeah, 
field goal kicker kicked a lot of a lot of solid kicks today. Um, we gave up a lot of we gave up like three explosive plays that I can remember. You know, um, we gotta get we gotta limit the explosives on defense, obviously. Um, but you know, I felt like everybody was into it. You know, I felt like our energy was high. Um, we were very physical today. Um, we held them to field goals. You know, in the red zone for the most part, except for some on some of those explosive gains. But you know, we gotta we gotta we gotta start putting more of the pieces together. You know, and it wasn't enough. You heard it there from Kendricks. It wasn't enough for the Vikings to win the game, Gabe. How do they make it enough? By getting the opposing team's offense off the field. Uh, they did a good job in the first half. As a defense, you, you know teams are going to have drives on you. They're going to try to get sustained drives on you. And, and your goal is to keep them out of the end zone. Six field goals, like, as a defensive coordinator, you want to end the drive and not let it get to six field goals. But if you, if a, if you lose a game off of six field goals, hey, they, they deserve to win that game. Like, that was a good game. Maybe our offense didn't do enough. And today our offense did do enough. And, you know, it's one of those things where th- there are so many things to build off for this for this defense. Like, Fadio Denevo played a hell of a game. Four QB hits today. Like, th- the defense played fine. It was just, you know, in, in those critical moments, what can you do? How can how can people step up? Or who, who, can, who can make a play right here? And, I, I don't think Anthony Barr was really missed today. We know what his presence is like on the field. I think Eric Wilson, you know, played a really good game. But at the same time, you just have to get off the field. And they did a good job on third down. They held the, the Titans offense to, what, 23% on third down? Like, that's that's what you want as a defensive coach. It's just now of, you know, getting those guys off the field. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll win the time of possession uh, next week and, and get those guys off the field. And, you know, I think the other thing, Gabe, too, is what our expectations are. And I I don't mean that to sell anybody short because these are professionals and you have high expectations. But the reality is a lot of young guys. And then you had, you know, had injury concerns in the secondary. So do I walk into these games against a very good Derrick Henry team, a, a Tannehill comeback player of the year last year do I expect them to to put a goose egg on the board do I expect them to hold them to 12 points I want that I mean obviously you don't want to give up 31 points but and it's silly to sit here and say you know it was a solid performance at 31 points but like Eric said you know a credit to their kicker and I just want to every week I want to see the defense show up and compete. And I, I did think that in the Colts game. I thought through three quarters, holding that team to 16 points minus the safety. Like you said, you played a good first half here, Gabe. You'd mentioned that. It's a young group combined with some veterans, and I just want to see them get better every week. That's To, to me, this was the first really realistic view of the full team. And it sucks that it was a loss, and it sucks that there were some – big things that that didn't go our way and some big mistakes but I I think those are correctable and I think you can build on both sides of the ball here despite the final result only things to say positive are there there are things to build on the Vikings start out the season 0-3 for the first time since 2013 the year before Mike Zimmer was hired that'll do it for the Vikings postgame report for Cy Amundsen, Ben Lieber, Gabe Henderson, this is Chris Corso, and we will see you next week.